We're flying high with the wings and talking all things lacrosse. You're now listening to the Outside the Box podcast right here on Underground Sports Philadelphia. What's going on, everybody? We are back. It is episode number 96 of the Outside the Box podcast right here on Underground Sports Philadelphia. As always, brought to you by our friends at Signature Lacrosse. Make sure you check out our page, signaturelacrosse.com slash pages slash OTB. And of course, our friends at Design Tree, who will be sponsoring our pick segment that we'll get to later on in the show because we have a full docket of games this week. Make sure you check out our storefront, dsgentry.com. Uh, just search outside the box. Use promo code HOLIDAYS that is still running for 20% off your order. Or use promo code DSGN10 for $10 off. You can't stack them, but you can use either or. Save yourself some money this holiday season. We hope everybody had a great Christmas. Everybody who celebrates Hanukkah is still enjoying uh, you know the Hanukkah festivities, and as we record this, it is Kwanzaa, so we hope if you celebrate Kwanzaa, you had a great Kwanzaa, and if you don't celebrate anything, we hope you had the best damn Thursday, and now having the best damn Friday of your life. Herm, what's going on, brother? Well, we cannot forget our friends up north. It is Boxing Day as well. Uh, I have many friends who celebrated today, so also a happy Boxing Day to those friends up in Canada, but yo dudes, what's up? It is great to be here. I stuffed my face yesterday after a opening up some pretty nice presents from the old parents and uh you know i had to stuff your face with because okay wait this was actually what i was about to ask you because it's a big debate for me a lot of people go hammer turkey no we don't we go prime rib we We kind of we bougie it up a bit my dad gets a fat piece of meat i've seen that more often we go very italian you're fall fishes no we don't do seven. We go lasagna. Lasagna, we dude. I could never turn down a lasagna though. Down. My mom makes the best lasagna on planet Earth in the galaxy, and the best part about her lasagna, it is the type where when it's fresh, it's great. But when, when it's reheated, oh it's even God, better. Oh, I've dude. had that kind of lasagna it is before. Unbelievable. I, so our our meals, it's basically Thanksgiving, but without turkey, substitute prime rib. I mean, we have all of this. We don't. The stuffing's a bit different. It's like I guess there's a difference between mm-hmm. stuffing for Thanksgiving. Yeah, it's got a little bit of sausage in there, a little bit of bacon, some onions, whatever else the hell my mom puts in there. I don't know. It was great. It's Mac and of, cheese sounds more like a, a gumbo without the. The gumbo like broth. I've never had a gumbo. Is I thought gumbo was like a soup though. It's a heftier. Is like a chowder? Is there is there bread in there? Uh no, but you can have bread on the side. Okay, so like just like a whole bunch of like meats and like chicken, fish. Okay, yeah. So like boom, it's kind of like a a pork gumbo Mm -hmm. almost that you're stuffing this pork or no no uh, prime rib prime rib with. 
going to town on that mashed potatoes we had some asparagus mac and cheese i i literally ate too much came home from hockey this morning ate it all again and i've just been swimming in it since last night yeah we but, throw uh, down with the lasagna the ground beef lasagna is dude it's to die it's for. a delight it is it is and do you know what you can never go wrong with the lasagna either yeah, i feel like got the, the even vegetarian options because my sister's a vegetarian so there's no important meat. stuff there's Everything there's literally I think we had like five different lasagnas. Does she still crush cheese? Oh yeah. So she's still dairy she's and everything, vegetarian. just vegetarian, not doing the meat. Is Matt vegetarian? No. He seems like a vegetarian. No, he, he does the the regular. He does the meats. Ground beef does the meats. Hillshire yeah. Farm. If you want to sponsor us, feel free. Feel free. You know what? I'm I'm thrilled. Thrilled's an understatement. Ecstatic to be here and talk about the NLL tonight. We have a. I mean, huge weekend. This is just a full. Blown. Every single team in the league gets to play this weekend. That's sick. Some I mean, of them get to play twice. And yeah, so we've got a full docket of games, like I said, for Week Five, and that's literally what we're talking about tonight. That so is we're what go we're going to talk about each yeah. game, and then we'll hit our pick segment brought to you by Design Tree. Uh, but let's start with the first matchup that kicks off as you guys are listening to this today, seven thirty p.m. A nice little. Eastern Conference showdown. We've got Tyson Gibson taking on Andrew Q. The Riptide head to New England to take on the Black Wolves. We always talk about how the Black Wolves have that home floor advantage, that smaller floor at Mohegan. I'm very intrigued by this game. New York still looking for their first one of the season. New England off to a very hot start, 2-0 and on the year. Uh, this game is going to be, you know, kind of a... Similar how we had Halifax-Rochester, this is going to be the start of an Eastern Conference matchup because we love the New York-Boston rivalries and all the other sports. Now we're going to get you know the New England aspect versus New York, and uh, I think this game is going to be a lot of fun. Now I got two things out of that. One, you brought up Andrew Q, which also reminded me of something we have to announce. Signature Lacrosse is doing a giveaway right now until the start of the, or until the thirty-first. Going into the new year, they are giving away a contract head that is dyed Christmas themed. That was strung up by uh, our guy uh, Pockets by Clem. Pockets by Clem. He does unreal freaking work. If you haven't checked out his Instagram, go do it. He does some awesome stuff. So it's your chance to go win a Christmas edition contract head by signature. Just go over to their Instagram page, click on the post and do the instructions and you can have yourself this absolute beauty of a head. But uh friend of the show too. Friend of the show, Andrew Q, of course, is sponsoring that stuff. So you got to love that you support both the brand and our guys. So, uh, Heading into this weekend, though, my my major thing, face-off battle right here. We got Alex Woodall going up against Joe Nardella. These are guys who didn't get to face each other all summer because they were in two different outdoor leagues, and I think it'll be really interesting to see what goes on on the floor, what kind of techniques they use to try and win face-offs and give their team the best chance at a good transition game, and how... How how different are they going to be? Are they going to be able to split this thing 50-50? Maybe 15... Good old 50 percenters. <laughs> 50 percent. Uh, that's what I was looking thing for. The fun thing, too, is both of these guys are rookies in the league. So Right. I mean, they're two young kids who have... Too. This, we're kind of starting to see these generations now. We've obviously had guys before specialize as Fogos and take face-offs. But this is a generation of young Fogos coming through both the box and 
field game that do it better than anybody else who have really studied their craft. And I think that Alex Woodall is a more meaty, heftier, gonna body guys around faceoff man. Where Joey Nards is, he's quick and he's gonna pop quick and get the ball out and get it to his midfielders or I mean forwards in this case. But uh, it'll be interesting to see what he can do. It's going to be very interesting, and, uh, you know, they're both young, obviously. Alex Woodall is the first overall pick uh, in the MLL Collegiate Draft in 2019, and he was the fourth pick in the PLL College Draft, so uh, could have been teammates with Joey Nards could've. if he went and to the PLL. But, he made uh, one decision. We're going to have but you know what? a face-off battle that I think is going to be an early season one for the books. And we've said it since the beginning that the East was going to be determined by faceoffs. Yeah, and this is exactly what's falling into place, especially right here. I mean, granted, I think that there's a lot of external factories, ex- not factories. What are we? What am I talking about? External factors that are going to go into this game. I don't think this one's going to be determined by the faceoff at the faceoff X at all. It's going to be determined by New England's high-powered offense. Yeah. Going up against a young, inexperienced, together group of New York's defense that obviously we've seen them kick it up a notch once halftime has ended in both of their games that they've played, but mm-hmm. New England's offense is just on another level right now. Dude, New England's the team that they're, they're riding the hot hand right now. I can't not... I mean, I'm not going to spoil my pick, but I mean... The home floor thing is huge because right, New York's can... never played on a floor like this. Yep. I do think, though, one uh, beneficiary to New York is one of their best offensive weapons, Tyler Digby, hashtag friend of the show, former New England Black Wolves. So he's going to be able to navigate this floor a little bit and potentially give these guys a little insight on how to maneuver when they're out on the floor. So I think that is a benefit for New York, but the guys on this New England team, this is their home floor. Like They play here every home game. They know the ins and outs of it. And we see the home floor advantage every single year that New England has at Mohegan Sun. And I think that plays a huge factor into just the experience level in this game. Yeah. So, I mean, touching on the kind of home field advantage, I'm honestly going to give the home field advantage, although Doug Jamison absolutely standing on his head all season long. Alex Bouquet, this used to be his home floor. And he's played astounding games at Mohegan Sun. If you remember back to last season, I mean, he had a ton of just spectacular performances at on this home floor for New England. So I think it's going to be a bit of a homecoming for him, and he'll have some money up on the board, you know, maybe stand out on the, uh, on the old uh, turf. But um, at the end of the day, it's going to be what the rip guy... What the rip... Guys, I am struggling at words once again. Uh... What the Riptide can do to quiet Callum Crawford. I mean, this guy is a man on a mission for the NLL MVP so far. He is absolutely tearing it up. He has looked like a man possessed. And I think that if if New York can't contain this man, it's going to be a long night. For sure. And the other thing that comes into play here is this is New England's only game this weekend. New York has two games, this one on the road, and then they have a home game on Saturday for their home opener. So that's also going to play a factor, and who knows how Reggie Thorpe's going to attack this with who he suits up in this away game so that way they're fresh for the home opener, which I think in my book, although it's against Saskatchewan, it's not a divisional game, I think that game is going to mean more 
to this New York team to kind of just set the standard for their first home game. Yeah, that's going to be part of it. I mean, I think at this point, it's all gas, no breaks until they get that first W. I think that a team like this, they're super young. You have to try and figure out any way to just build confidence, especially and that's if why, and that's just getting a win. you got to find any way to get a win, and that's why I think they're going to mess with their lineups this weekend a little bit. Yeah, I wouldn't be shocked by that. I think it would be a good idea, especially if you want to keep a guy like Connor Kelly, maybe limit his minutes night one I think or on something like that. I think on the smaller floor, too, you got to go with a more physical lineup because it's a small smaller floor you're gonna have to you know maneuver your way I wouldn't be shocked if we see kind of a bigger lineup for New York on the defensive side of yeah things. some meteor guys yeah see this is why they should have had Connor Farrell report because this would be a perfect opportunity for him to come out even though Alex Woodall is big and physical just like him Connor Farrell could have gone out there and just beat some just alone. tackled some guys honestly take a couple penalties you know beat up on the other team this game is going to be very interesting. I'm very much looking forward to it. Uh, let's head to the nightcap, though, that we have on Friday because we have three days of action here. Calgary goes to San Diego. Uh, first matchup, I believe, of Westberg taking on his former team, who has been a man on a mission this year as well. You talk about Callum Crawford being uh, you know, as dynamic as he's been. Westberg has been an absolute force along with uh, one uh, Mr. Connor Fields for the San Diego team, and that's been the bulk of their offense so far this year, in my opinion, just consistency-wise. Uh, taking on a Calgary team that lost in overtime in their banner-raising game. Uh, they're going to be angry. They're going to want to get after this game. Sure, it's on the road. Uh, San Diego does have a very nice home you know, arena advantage at Pachanga. I like what they have uh, built up there. This is going to be physical, gnarly, just nasty lacrosse. Yeah, dude, I think we're going to get a real brawl here. I mean, once again, another week without Dane Doby for this Calgary team. It sucks. You play two games, but it's also kind of nice because you get two games out of the way this week so that you don't feel as though you're losing Dane Doby for as long, if that makes any sense. It's just kind of a, the perception of time or whatever. So he'll be halfway done his suspension after this weekend. But um, no, I mean, this is going to be another weekend where Curtis Dixon's going to have to step up his game, push this team forward, be the kind of step in captain that he has to be while Dane's off. I mean, they're going to have to control Wes Burke. This guy has been, just like Callum Crawford, playing just as well as anybody else in the league. He can change a game at any given point. He's kind of like the Michael Channon Chuck of this team, honestly, who can we called Channy the ultimate game changer. That's kind of like Wes Burke for the San Diego squad. Plus, they're coming out in those crispy black uniforms. Did oh, you see they? that? Yep. Blackout game? It's a okay. blackout game. So, oh, man. I mean, if that helps you figure oh, it out, man. I mean, it's going to be hard for me to make I, my pick later. This is my first knowledge of this. Yeah, I knew and you would like that one. I love that. You, that if, is a top three. If you tell Kyle league. that someone's wearing a black uniform, you know, imagine if, like, all of your favorite teams just had one black uniform that they could throw on. You would just have them undefeated oh, every time that they wore them. It's just great. And honestly... That San Diego uniform is a top three jersey in the league. Hands the black down. one? Hands down. It's a good one. It is. I'll be honest. I like it a lot more than the purple one. But beyond that, on the floor, I mean, Jesse King, this is a guy who I think will have a big bounce back week this week since he kind of, I don't want to say struggled last week, but he definitely didn't play his top 
top top tier performance or whatever. Mm-hmm. Frick, I'm so bad at words, guys. Uh, Christian Del Bianco gonna come out and stand on his freaking head because he is an absolute beauty, and uh, you know he's gonna take that what. We let up nine goals last week. Yeah, yeah. we lost nine eight. He's gonna take the kind of rage that comes from taking a loss where you let up nine goals in the NLL and bring it right into this week and maybe hold him to seven. I think one thing that we're gonna have to do on the show at the end of the season is just have a bucket of the year award because the helmets we've been seeing on these goalies are phenomenal, insane. Yeah. Especially Christian's Looney Tunes. Thing. Christian killed it. I mean, Big Frank. He crushed Nasty. it. Matt, Matt Purple, beautiful. That's crispy, dude. I would get that in a car. Like, if I drove a Lamborghini, <laughs> I might go, like, Matt Purple. But, I mean, that's kind of dreaming. i still drive a 2006 Ford dream. Explorer. You know? Uh, but I think I think that's something we might have to work on. Because the amount of photos we're getting, too, of these guys' helmets now, it might be something we do. End of year awards with uh, Bucket of the Year. But we should um, make like a, uh, what, what, was the, what did we do in middle school? Um, the paper mache. We should make a paper mache <laughs> just get a 3D helmet or just get a 3D printer. I mean, one cost $1,757 and one cost $1.75. Paper mache it is. We'll make a little helmet, paint it ourselves identical to what their helmets looks like because we're both artists and we'll just hang it up here in the studio. We'll work on it. Came up with that one myself. But uh, those are the two Friday games. Saturday, we are swamped with a bunch of lacrosse. Uh, Things get kicked off in Rochester with another North Division showdown. Toronto, Rochester, uh, obviously just last year, this was a dynamic rivalry with the old Rochester and Toronto. Uh, I expect nothing less. This is just going to be a a rebirth of it, if you will, or using Rochester's hashtag, hashtag reignite this rivalry. Uh, We saw a lot from Rochester last week. I know you were very impressed by them uh, when we broke it down earlier this week. Toronto, you know, they've kind of been lackluster to me. They haven't, they've kind of come out a little bit, just underwhelming. Sure, they've had their their big you know splurges and everything, but I, I need to see more from this Rock team, and I think this is a perfect spot for them to do it against an inexperienced Rochester team as a unit. Um, but we did see a lot from Rochester, so I think this game is going to be very competitive. I think it's going to be competitive, and then I also think that this is kind of how the Rock roll. They kind of are a silent killer. I mean, each <laughs> season, Rock and roll <laughs> that's a good point music I totally didn't even mean to do that but sensational this is, yeah you know i'm just a father deep down inside not actually hopefully um but uh this is a rock team that can silently just make moves and they tear teams apart they kind of beat up on squads each year without letting the rest of the league know that they need to be on watch for the toronto rock granted they always come out on top. It's not like this Toronto team is going to have to worry about putting things together. I mean, they've got guys like Tommy Schreiber and Dan Dawson, and they have Nick Rose between the pipes. So they have plenty of talent to just stifle a bit of a run here, and I think that this is going to just there. This is going to be another stepping stone from their big win in San Diego and just push it forward because Rochester, although they looked good at the beginning of the week, their last still week, growing pains. That it's are growing be pains, man. I mean, there were times last year where we said, oh, the Wings played really well last week, and I think that they could win this one this week, and then they get blown through the freaking water. It is going to be interesting, though, because they're back home now. 
and mm-hmm. we know how they performed in that game against Georgia at home. I'm pretty sure, you know, Shawnee Evans and, and Turner Evans are going to get on these guys to go put on a show for these home fans because they deserve it. I think a big debate, too, will be who they start in between the pipes. Mm-hmm. I mean, Wendy, I thought he looked absolutely was more phenomenal defense last week. Was, right. But then, then Steve Fryer, Steve Fryer last wasn't week bad. wasn't bad at all. I mean, some people even said that they thought he looked better than Wendy. I personally disagree, but that's just because I watched the game differently. It's than nice some to have a coin toss like but that. But I think that it'll be nice to see. Maybe they split the game. Shit. I mean, they could do like what the Wings did last year and split between the two guys that we had. I can't even think of their names at this point. So, yeah. I mean, I would like to see Craig Wendy in goal. Currently, he has more saves, but... That's also because hey. he faced more shots. He, he faced a lot more shots, but uh, I don't know. We'll see what he do, what they do here. I think that'll be an just interesting. Need to see that defense step up. For yeah, Rochester. you just got to see these guys. I mean, take another step forward. Just one more step each week. It'll be one step in the right direction for them. I think that they're going to be a lot more comfortable as the weeks grow. And I mean, young guys like Ryland Reese, they've only had so much NLL mm-hmm. experience now. So I don't. I would never hold it against them that they're struggling. However come week five or six it's going to be like okay now it's time to perform like a pro like let's do this got another 7 p.m game this is my favorite game of the weekend colorado heads to georgia mammoth swarm this game is going to be offense heavy defense like this is going to be the most complete game on both sides of this thing that i am looking forward to you got the rooster you got Lyle in this game. You got Miles. You got Kyle Killen. Hopefully, the Eli McLaughlin's back in this one. The goalie matchup in this game is dynamic. You got Ward. You got Mike Poulin. I'm just I'm going to be locked in on this game. Yeah, this one's going to be freaking tight, dude. I mean, I think that this is a mammoth squad that we can see do some wild stuff this year. To be honest with you, I think that they can below a lot of... Matt Coyle has done a fantastic job through the first couple games. Unreal. I mean, to go into Calgary, take them down last week, that's huge. Now they have the opportunity to take down who many people have argued is the best team in the the league in Georgia, Mm -hmm. and I think that the Mammoth have an opportunity to, like, really just make a statement and do something. Hey, guys, we're here. Right, like, there are times where you overlooked us in the last season and coming into this one, but it's our time, and we're going to make some moves here. I never doubted you guys. Kyle never doubted you guys. I did occasionally, especially going into the Saddle Dome last weekend. Plus, think about that Calgary game, though. Eli McLaughlin was not in the lineup for them. Right. If he's back for this game, it just adds another element to their five-on-five game going Which up against this Georgia squad that is huge. loaded in the five-on-five. Right, especially when you have just the are, names that Georgia rolls out. And these are two teams, in my game. opinion, that roll heavily and rely heavily on their speed game. Yeah, I mean, one of the fastest guys in the league is Kyle Killen. The dude just you got him. Scoops. You got Lyle going up and down the floor. Georgia's a very speed-heavy team. And then you've got just the youth on this Colorado team where they just move up and down the floor. I just need to see another dominant defensive performance from Colorado in this game going up against one of the most high-scoring offenses that we'll see all season. Certainly. I mean, and we have Wardy coming off one of his best performances I've seen forever. And then Mike Pullen, obviously, also. Dude's a freaking stud. I mean, he's going to stand on his head all game long. He will not bow down at any point so i mean it's gonna be it's gonna be tough it's gonna be tight i think that this game no goalie's gonna let in any muffins so 
you're gonna have to work for every point. Yeah, you gotta earn your points, and it's gonna be it's gonna be a grind. But I think that we could see Colorado do some some cool stuff. Now the final seven p.m. game of Saturday's slate, in my opinion, what should be the game of the week? Halifax heads to Buffalo. Two high-powered offenses, very dynamic defenses, locked and loaded from top to bottom. Great goalie matchup. This is my game of the week. Sure, you've got, you know, the game we'll talk about in a minute with the Russian Riptide, and I get it because it's the Riptide's home opener. Right, yeah, that's what I was going to say. But this Halifax-Buffalo game, if you want to talk about rivalries, we are going to see heat in Buffalo and Banditland. This is going to this is going to be one this is going to tell me two things. It's going to be a real determining factor to see how real this mm-hmm. Halifax team is cuz not this is going to sound really douchey and arrogant, but this is like the first real competition that they're getting this season. This is the first team that's been together and You're has the, the the team that was in the finals last right, year. Right. Like this is good you either sack up or you fall off right here and i think that halifax is gonna be able to do some cool stuff i think that they're gonna be able to play really well and then similarly i mean these are two teams that they're gritty like these two teams are gonna be and able you've to... got a lot of friendship rivalries in this game oh a ton Dean of them. smith and kyle jackson both friends of the show very close with each other um you know this game just has like there's gonna be there's somebody's gonna get in a fight in this game just like the Mammoth Swarm game, you're going to have to earn every goal you score in this game. Mm-hmm. There's going to be a ton of speed, ton of physicality, and it's going to come down to the wire and pretty much who has possession of the ball in the final like 30 seconds of this game. I mean, Not even the final minute because it's going to be a possession-by-possession possession game, in oh, my opinion. Yeah, I completely agree. It's going to be back and forth the entire game. I don't think there will be too many runs in this game, to be honest with you. You know, I mean, the we're not going to The team that does see... get a run is going to win this game. Right, exactly. So if the freaking Bandits can come out in the third quarter, put up four in a row, it's going to... They're going to fight back Halifax, but I think that might be like what pushes them right over the edge. But, I mean, anytime that like guy like Ryan Banesh has the ball in this game, watch out. Something's going to happen. This dude's going to put up some kind of point, whether it's an assist or a goal. Similar to St- Stephen Keogh, dude. This is a man who, I mean, I don't want to say many overlooked, but he was definitely not as loud. He's not. He didn't put up the same performance last year that he is now, and it's it's showing in numbers. And then, I mean... It just it's gonna be a fun one, dude. These are two high powered offenses. Cody Jameson is who I'm looking at in this game because he's been unreal on the offensive side of things, and he's also been a facilitator this year. Leads Halifax with seven assists, and he's got chemistry cooking with Ryan Banesh, with Stephen Keogh, and obviously with Kyle Jackson. And, you know, let's not forget Clark Peterson, first game right. last week. I mean, you look like, just adds another element to this Halifax offense. Plus seven, five, plus five G three goals, two assists in his first game. So you add that speed factor that Clark has not only just, you know, running up and down the floor, but his stick speed is off the charts. Yeah. I mean, we saw the he shots does. he took, all the goals he scored were unreal. It adds another element to this Halifax team that Mike, of course he can just be like, all right, let's just go with this lineup and, and run it out there and, you know, counteract anything Buffalo hands to them. Well, I actually have a really funny story. Two things. One, the other day I was playing with a couple of kids and um, they they were all asking me like, what's going to get us to the next level? What, what's kind of separates pros from not professionals. And, you know, and I, it's all about the speed, man. If you can do the little things faster, both footwork, stick work, anything in the world, 
you will have the ability to push on to the next level. So if you are able to stick handle and cradle through five defenders faster than the other guy, you are going to have the ability to push yourself up to that next ability. And that's kind of what Peterson did last weekend. I mean, he just showed us how fast this game is getting. I mean, there's been times where people called box lacrosse slow, which is crazy to me, but that this is the kind of new faster generation of players that's coming up. It's kind of like the NHL games like faster NFL than too. ever. Yeah. And Bigger, faster, stronger is literally the definition of pro sports. Right exactly. Now. I mean, people are just learning how to train better. They're taking better care of their bodies and we're learning how to focus on muscle groups that make us better at what we need to do. So, I mean, it's an excellent display of that in the box game and it's beautiful to see, but I mean, somewhere where I guess, you're still quick, but not as quick as in between the pipes. I think it'll be a good battle that we get between Warren Hill and Matt Vince. Matt Vince, obviously, best my goalie opinion, in the best league. Goalie in the league. Yeah, I mean, he's an absolute stud. He doesn't let future Hall of Famer yeah, certainly. And then and Warren then Hill, Hill has been standing on his head. Great start. Looks great. I mean, this is something. It's he's and, picking up where he left off last year. Exactly. I mean, this is kind of what you and I talked about in the Halifax preview show. We said, dude, Warren Hill's going to be a stud. Mm-hmm. Like. Nobody needs to don't count him out now because he came in last year yeah. towards the end of the end year of the when they were with Rochester yep. and stood on his head, blew us away. Yeah, and he's picking up right where he left off. Has seventy two saves on the season it's already. Absurd. And he's going to face a ton of shots in this game. So this is going to be the real determining factor is what Warren Hill can do in net. Certainly, I mean, shot, 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 shots. That's all the Buffalo is going to do. They're going to light him up, and it's going to be a long night. But I would think if I were Halifax, there's nobody I would rather have him between the pipes. I'd feel fully confident in having mm-hmm. Warren there. Let's head to the NLL game of the week that you'll be able to watch on the Twitter.com and uh, Facebook as well, along with BR Live for free. Hashtag not a sponsor, but uh, we'll be here. Rush Riptide. We will. It's going to be a, a fun game. Uh, obviously, being able to now two consecutive years take in a team's opening game at their home arena. That for is me, pretty sweet. It's going to be really cool. Uh, Can they outdo Halifax is kind of the only question I have going into the game. I'm interested to see what they're going to be able to do. Can we just see the mascot already? What are we, T minus 24 <laughs> hours totally out now? That. That's going to be. Dude. Bring us Ripley. Ripley. That's got to be the name, dude. Um, that was the best name submission I've ever heard. Of. This game is going to be interesting to me because obviously this is New York's second game of the weekend, and Saskatchewan's got to come from West Coast to East Coast for this game. So a lot of factors into this one that are off the floor factors. Um,. Connor Kelly has got to be dynamic in this game. If New York wants any chance to win, he's got to take the reins and really be an elite scorer. Tyler Digby has to be a, a key contributor in this game as well. And, you know, Saskatchewan, while they're good, I'm still not sold on them this year. Dude, I'm going to be honest. I I hyped up the Coliseum, Nassau Coliseum, all offseason. I said, Nobody can come into this barn and beat this team. And I really thought that New York was going to show us a little something different from what we've already seen. 
I just think that Saskatchewan's going to be able to overpower them in this game. I mean, Mark Matthews already has 10 points on the season. He's kind of one of those silent killers up in there in Saskatchewan. Speaking of Saskatchewan, actually, a video popped up on my timeline the other day. They have a full rush store. Mm-hmm. Dude, have you seen the stuff that they have in there? Like anything you ever need for your house, whether it's like a mantle for books or like a wooden bear mm-hmm. that like stands six feet tall with a rush it's like sweater the on pro shop dude it's absurd i mean rush fans freaking love their team which i, I is i it's admirable can't blame them no i can't Three titles in five years yeah five, yeah if my team did that for me i would love them too but i mean i just didn't I, as much as i realize how big their fan base is i just didn't realize it was like that Jeez. big i love it i do i just gotta make it up there sometime soon you look at the, the season head-to-head here, and Saskatchewan blowing New York out of the water, no pun intended, on shots on goal, 158-133. to 133. Like you said, you got guys like Mark Matthews, our guy Ben McIntosh, and you just got shooters on the Saskatchewan team that are just going to take shots. And They're you know going to fire they away at you. You know what they say. Shooters shoot. Shooters shoot, and that's what Saskatchewan does. They take shots on goal because they want to have as many opportunities to find the back of the net. And, you know, 158 shots on goal – for this team is absurd, yeah. uh, but I they're mean, winning damn near fifty percent of their faceoffs too, which is mm-hmm. huge. Big time. and that's going to be another thing if Alex Woodall plays in this game, which we fully expect he will. Uh, he's going to be a huge factor when it comes to the faceoff because New York's only winning just under forty percent of their faceoffs this year. And granted, Alex Woodall only played in one of their games, right? So I mean that number is kind of skewed because of that, but dude. Big question mark here. We got two goalies who've not played their best. I mean, it, are we going to see Evan Kirk in net for Saskatchewan? Adam Shoot. Are we going to see Adam Shoot? I mean, last week Shoot played better than Kirk, but Kirk played really freaking well week one. So, I mean, who? which goalie do we see rolled out for Saskatchewan? And then how does Alex Bouquet bounce back from whatever happens the night before? Or do we see a back? Who's their backup? I don't even... They do have Goa. Is it, is it technically Goa? Yeah, that's what I was just wondering. Uh, looks like it. I'll see if there's any other goalie that is healthy on the roster, but it looks like it might be Goa Abrams. So if Goa Abrams is starting the game, or starts one of these games, just because, I mean, two nights in a row is tough for anybody. But, I mean, Goa's not a bad backup at all. I mean, he started for oh, USA. they have Craig Seneca, too. Oh, okay, so they have Seneca, who is still young, though. I mean, six. yeah, he's still a young guy in the league. So it'll be interesting to see what the goalie play in this game looks like because, I mean, Evan Kirk obviously showed us a lot of great stuff. Evan, or shoot, also showed us some pretty good stuff at points last week. So... It'll be interesting to see how each of these teams This game is literally going to come down to the goalies. I think it's going to be a combination of the goalies and who can take more shots. Because I wouldn't say, eh, no, Saskatchewan's got a pretty good defense, actually. Yeah. Yeah. Rubish running things back there. They've got a pretty good defense. Not only can he defend, he scores. He scores. I mean, he's a transition guy. He gets the ball up and down the field. It's a full 200-foot game. So it'll be be a tight one. But um, And Saskatchewan dominates with loose balls yeah, their transition game something is else. spot on yeah and that's gonna be where reggie Thorpe and they don't cough up ground balls yeah or this is where reggie either. thorpe's gotta you know lock these guys in and be like hey we gotta win the loose ball battle we gotta win you gotta be physical the face you have battle. got they to gotta be physical we talk about the tops you know stats at the top of the the game sheets they gotta win at least two of those and yep. if they are on any sort of power play new york has to score as many times as possible 
if they want to come away with a win. Yeah, you got to you got to step that PP up. I mean, you you just have to put up points. The more goals, I say this almost every week, the more goals you can put up while you're on the power play, the less stress you have on your goalie. And let me tell you, if your goalie's able to chill back there and not feel pressure to make saves, it will he'll end up making more saves in the long run because anytime you try and force a save or force a shot, it turns out much worse than the outcome if you're just relaxed and playing the game that you know how to play. So, Less pressure equals more W's. And the final game of the Saturday slate, obviously that uh, Rush Riptide game is a 7.30 start time um, as compared to the three 7 o'clock games. But the 10 o'clock game out in Calgary, Wings, Roughnecks, a battle of the Courier brothers. Uh, this game is going to be absolutely wild. Uh, I know the Saddle Dome is going to be packed mm-hmm. to the to the walls. Uh, big thing though is this is Calgary's second game of the weekend. Uh, they obviously go on the road to San Diego, so a little bit of travel for them here. But uh, they get back after it at home against the Wings, who had a week off after uh, just a embarrassing loss to Georgia. This game is going to determine a lot, in my opinion, for both of these teams. You got a Wings team who is supposed to be a dominant offensive team. Their lone game, they score six goals. Uh, they got 75 loose balls, though, in the first game, which is very impressive great because number. you double that number and you're crushing Calgary there. Um, the face-off, obviously, is going to be uh, the Trevor Baptiste show because it's I mean, Trevor, Trevor just does. goes off, right? And, you know, for him to already be at damn near 82% from <laughs> face-off is stupid. Is yeah. And then you look at the shots on goal, 77 but the shots on goal need to be more accurate. Right. I mean, you have to take smart shots on goal. You can't just be letting the ball fly from long. And obviously the boys were just thinking about how cold it's about to be in Calgary this weekend because they're out playing hockey tonight, really getting prepped for this one. But um, I think that the Wings will be able to take smarter shots on goal. I think that Kevin Crowley's kind of going to get in their head and tell them, like, listen, boys, we got to – we got to make smart choices here. I mean, you're going up against a guy like Christian Del Bianco, who isn't going to let up any muffins. This kid is solid between the pipes. He has one loss in the season in a goal in a game that he let up nine goals. So we're going to have to make smart shots, get him moving laterally, get him moving side to side, and tuck it in when you're tight. So, I mean, it's going to be a. It's, I'm not going to lie. This is going to be a tough freaking game for the Wings, dude. They're going to have to really come together as a team really just i don't Lock maybe in. have some kind of like team meeting because if you put up six points against this calgary team it's going to be a lopsided game because at the end of the day just, i love higgy between the pipes for us now but this calgary team can put up a lot of points on you very fast and go on some runs they need consistency across the board from the offense it can't just be kyle matisse and kevin crowley putting up points for you you need josh Currier involved you need the Vit Dog involved. Chef Rambo. Matt Rambo. You need Blaze Reardon involved. The amount of offensive firepower this team has, there's no excuse for them to put up less than double-digit goals in any game the rest of the season. It's just inexcusable. Right. I mean, you have far too much talent. Frick, what do we have? Four or five even members of Team USA or Team mm-hmm. Canada up there? Like, you could figure it out. I mean... We have some of the most talent in the NLL, and I think that we've got the first week jitters out. Sure, we went up against a great team in Georgia. Had but a bye week to 
let it sit and really focus Think in on it. the film and everything. Mm-hmm. It's time to figure our shit out, yeah. boys. We there's no more excuses. You either like Paul Day said last year, this isn't school anymore. What what's that thing? We're in year two. Whenever I'm in the bathroom for too long, my mom was like, shit or get off the pot. I mean, I think it's time for the wings to shit or get off the pot. We got to start winning games before like week 14 because, yep. I mean, waiting all season to win games is not fun. And that's how you don't get playoff spots. Mm-hmm. And I think that the city of Philadelphia right now really deserves a nice little playoff run. You just you need to get up for this game. You're playing against the defending champs. You need to get up and play up to your competition. And that's what I'm looking for. I need Kevin Crowley to have one of those you know, signature big cat games that he just goes off and has, you know, eight, nine, ten points, something right. like that. You need Matt Rambo to show up and be, you know, the end of 2018, 2019 Matt Rambo. Blaze on the power you need play. Blaze to dominate the power play. You need to draw power play opportunities because, honestly, I need to see this power play in full force for the Wings, too, because they struggled so much with it last year watching it in training camp and how well they executed it, you need to draw that out and make it part of your game plan. They just need to be able to take control of their power play and offensive possessions. Last week, they were caught on their heels far too... Or what was it, two weeks ago? Caught on their heels far too many times to the point where they just looked uncomfortable. Even when they had a man up, you could have five on four, you could be running the cycle, and let me tell you, they just didn't... They weren't meshing together. The fluidity in passes was not there. And it was, I don't want to say it was tough to watch, but it was definitely something that could be improved. And I think that Paul Day is going to stress that in pregame practices here. And the boys are going to be able to figure things out because I don't think you want to go into Calgary and get embarrassed. But um, You don't want to drop to 0-2 either, especially with the way that New England is off to start the season. You already have a, a loss hanging over your head against Georgia. You can't fall far back in this East Division. Yeah, exactly. I mean, that would just kind of be the putting on the cake, as they might say, in <laughs> other places. Uh, the final game of the weekend, Sunday, 4 o'clock Eastern time, out in Vancouver. The Seals get their second game of the weekend. They go to take on the Warriors. It's Westberg taking on hashtag Bandana Jones and our boy Logan Shuss. Uh this game is going to be a lot of fun. I'm very much looking forward to this. Westberg going up against Mitch Jones on the offensive side of things. Uh, two early season MVP candidates. And then you look at the the goalie matchups. You have Big Frank. You got Aaron Bold or Eric Penny, whoever they decide to start. Dude, you know who Aaron Bold looks like? And I tweeted this the other day. Have you ever seen um, what's the uh, investigator's name in The Incredibles? He oh, looks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He looks exactly like the investigator from The Incredibles. Like, well, hey, you got the investigator from The Incredibles going up against Mister Incredible himself and Mark Lucini playing on the Seals team. Look at that! Disney we just have crossovers. a whole freaking Incredibles cast of characters out here. But let me start it off with saying Mitch Jones is going to come out and put up eight points. This guy is playing unreal lacrosse right now. He looks more comfortable than I've seen him in. Just a long time. And you know what? It's all because he came on the podcast. There's only it's one fair. reason for it. It's, that's very fair. Um, and, you know, he looks confident. He he is literally my front runner right now for MVP, just the way he's been playing. And uh, San Diego is 0-2. They can't afford to lose either of these games, if we're being honest, this weekend yeah. against Calgary and Vancouver, two divisional games in, in a the very West tough West division. Yeah. You got to win at least one of them. Uh, 
the big thing here is the the face-off percentages. San Diego has done a very good job with the face-off this year. They are winning 66% of their face-offs, but Vancouver can score. And like we said, shooters shoot. They've got shooters. they got Mitch Jones, Logan Schuss, Keegan Ball. The list goes on and on. Vancouver has a much high-powered offense than they did last year. You need to see versatility from San Diego's offense if you want to keep up with this Vancouver team. Right. I mean, I'm, it's kind of the same thing that we said about San Diego in their first game of the weekend. you got to see the guys who are going to perform, perform, and then they're going to have to shut down this high-powered offense out of Vancouver. I mean, Baller, just as good as Mitch Jones, in my opinion, is going to come out and put up some points. Logan Schuss going to facilitate this whole scene, and then they got Matty Beers backing him up on defense. I mean, this guy is, moves the ball almost as well as anybody in the league coming from the back end, and I just his freaking presence on the floor is astounding. I mean, Matty Beers is what they would call a game changer, especially for a team who needs a defender to really lock things down. So he's the best. He's one of the best captains in the league, in my opinion. And I think that he's going to be able to do a lot of big things for this Vancouver squad going up against the team in San Diego that I think they're all very comfortable with playing, to be honest with you. I think that Vancouver is going to take full advantage of this not, I don't want to call it a rivalry, but just I would West, call it a rivalry. Maybe a rivalry. It was kind of built up not last as, year. But it's but not as big as Calgary-Vancouver. Sure, but last year Calgary, we definitely anyway. saw hints of it, and I think it's just going to intensify now that both of these teams are another year into you know their existences. Right. Um, but with that, Herm, it is time for the picks. As always, guys, this whole season... Our pick segment is brought to you by our friends at DesignTree, DSGNTree.com. Search outside the box. We are one of the fantastic branches on their website. They do a great job for us. Got a lot of stuff planned for them coming in 2020 uh, content-wise, so make sure you stay tuned for that. But go to our storefront, get the NLL OTB collab shirts that we did. Every single team color scheme with our logo so you can rep your squad and your favorite pod all season long use that promo code holidays for 20 percent off your order or dsgn 10 for ten dollars off can't stack them but you can use either or save yourself some money this holiday season with our friends at design tree herm let's get it started friday 7 30 p.m eastern time new york new england how's this one going down uh, I think that we're both going to be on the same page with this one. I think that Mohegan Sun, too much of an advantage for this New York team. They're still young. They're still figuring things out. And you know what? Joey Nards goes off. New England takes this one pretty substantially. Callum Crawford, Joe Restardis, Stephen LeBlanc handle things against that uh, inexperienced young New York defense. If they would just show us a damn mascot, maybe they'd freaking win a game. <laughs> uh New England's going to win this game. Like I said, the Mohegan Sun factor plays a lot into this for me. I like trends. Trends play a lot into my picks. New England is taking this game. Uh, nightcap on Friday. Calgary at San Diego. You're up next game to bounce back. Hey, the Seals going to take it at home. Dude, this is a tough pick for me. The Seals obviously struggled at home last week. I mean, Toronto came into their barn and beat up on them a little bit. But Steels and Black, also intimidating. So, uh, I mean, obviously I'm taking the Roughnecks. <laughs> There's no question there. Ring that bell. Ding, ding. Seals in black, man. The all-black unis. I can't go against it. I it's, can. It's one of those things. Calgary by nature. five. San Diego, the Pachanga Arena gets rocking. 
They have a great home floor advantage. I like San Diego to get their first win of the season. Let's head to Saturday. Toronto heads to Rochester. I think we're both on the same page here. I am taking Toronto in a statement win. They're going to come out and look like the Toronto that we expected in the preseason. Tom Schreiber is going to have a hell of a game, and they're going to take down this Rochester squad. Yep, we're on the same page. Go Toronto. You know, um, I'll be there in a few weeks, so go Rock. Let's head to my favorite game of the week, the Colorado Mammoth going down to Georgia to take on the Swarm. This game is going to come down to just who gets a run, you know, mm-hmm. whether it's, you know, Eli McLaughlin, the Rooster, and Kyle Killen going up against Lyle Miles, Randy Stotts. I'm going Colorado in this game. Dylan Ward, you, Dylan Ward has impressed you me so much Colorado more than I could have even expected this season. He's on another level. He is in my MVP candidacy right now just with how he's been able to play. Colorado's going on the road and getting a statement win again against Jordan. See, part of me wants to go, hell yeah, like Colorado's this team that nobody should mess with. But also, like at the same time, I'm watching this Georgia team now play for two weeks and just absolutely dominate teams. Uh, just to disagree with you and try and sway our picks one way or the other, I'm going to go with Georgia, but I would not be shocked by a Colorado win. Let's head to the, on paper, game of the week in Buffalo. Bandit Land is going to be rocking. Halifax, Bandits. I'm going Road Dogs here. Halifax yeah. is going to get yeah. what I'm calling a statement win. Really put the league on notice, just like Colorado is going to do against Georgia, and say, hey, we might be you know in a new city, but you can't take us lightly, and we're going to run this North Division, and uh, we're going to take down the team that was in the finals for a big big win for the Halifax and I'm gonna go ahead and ring the bell I'm taking the bandits in this one I mean going in the bandit land is not an easy task for anybody and I think that they're just gonna be able to rock rock and roll past them I think that the Thunderbirds this is gonna be their first kind of punch in the mouth you're gonna have to feel it as a new team and I think that the bandits are gonna be able to run over them this weekend the nll game of the week that we will be in attendance for saskatchewan heading to the coliseum to take on the new york riptide i'm still stuck on this game yeah this is a tough one i mean the coliseum obviously an x factor but at the same time saskatchewan's a great freaking lacrosse team and i think that evan kirk is going to be a guy or evan or shoot whoever comes out is going to stand on their head because they have a they have to bounce back i mean last week was piss poor in my opinion so I'm gonna go ahead and take the I'm gonna take the Saskatchewan rush in this one. God, I've been ring the bell. Oh, New York is gonna show out. They're gonna have the home advantage, like you've been preaching all preseason. They're gonna own that Coliseum. It's their island. They're not letting Saskatchewan come in there and punch them in the mouth. They're gonna get a statement win for their first win in franchise history. That'll be one hell of a way to do it. Granted. I'll throw in a little teaser. Potential overtime. Ooh, a little OT action. That'll kind of ruin my plans for after the <laughs> game. But, yeah, sure. That's I mean, just my luck. Let's because get this, we will be there, that is I mean, luck. let's get this thing wrapped up in regulation. Disco Biscuits go on at 11.05 at PlayStation Live in Manhattan. And I got to get over there. So, let's keep that in mind. Rip the time. nightcap of Saturday. Wings, Roughnecks at the Saddle Dome. I think we're on the same page here. Yeah, obviously we're on the same page. The Roughnecks are going to run away with this one. Yeah, Roughnecks are going to Necks at win. home over the Wings who have been struggling. Although I think the Wings 
score more in this game, they're just not going to be able to keep up with the runs of Calgary. He's going to be yeah, able to... Calgary Roughnecks are kind of just on a whole other level right now. And the Wings will get there, don't get me wrong, but I think that right now where they're at, Calgary is going to run away with this one. And the final game of the weekend, San Diego Seals head to Vancouver on Sunday. I'm taking the Warriors. Really? Me too. Damn, dude. We were really on the same page a lot this weekend. But, um, yeah, the Vancouver Warriors, dude, they're, they're going to be a talented team all season long. They compete to the last minute. San Diego's obviously going to be playing a game on Friday, coming back on Sunday. It's never easy. And I think that this Vancouver team is going to be very ready for them. I think that Mitch Jones and Baller and Logan Shush just kind of load up their offense and put up at least five points each, which would just be a number that I can't even equivalent right now. So, yeah, yeah. You, you've got the MVP front runner with Mitch Jones on your squad and I just need to see consistency from San Diego's offense, and I haven't seen that yet. Hopefully we see it Friday to make my pick come true, but the two games in the weekend thing really plays a factor for me, uh, especially with it being home and road and having to travel and everything, so Vancouver's going to get a nice little win to uh, pad a little bit of their standings in the West Division, but uh, those are our picks of the week. Let's recap them real quick. Herman and I both go in Black Wolves. He's going Roughnecks. I'm going Seals. We're both going Toronto Rock. I'm going Mammoth. He's going Swarm. I'm going Thunderbirds. Herm's going Bandits. Herm's going Rush. I'm going Riptide. We're both going with the Roughnecks against the Wings. And then we're both going Vancouver Warriors. Maybe we weren't as even as I thought we were. We're splitting it. A little bit of vice Right down the middle. No, I like that. It's important. I think that I disagreed with a lot of the points you made. That's why I felt like it. And like we said, our pick segment all season long brought to you by our friends at Design Tree. Use the promo code DSGN10 or holidays. Save some money in your wallets this holiday season. Saving money is always a nice thing, and so is saving sleep. So um, without further ado, I would like to apologize for being about a 2 out of 10 tonight. It, you know, you can't be perfect. I think this is one of our better episodes. Really? I feel like I've just been rambling all night long. I think it was just straight to the point, breaking down some that, games. You know, that's what happens when there's, what, 12, eight, eight games. games on the slate. You guys got a lot of lacrosse numbers tonight, but um, I'll bounce back. It'll be a, It'll be a bounce back episode on Monday. Make sure you guys are following us on the Twitter machine at OTBHerm, at KBIZZL311, and at OTBLaxPod on Twitter and Instagram, especially this weekend since we'll be out in New York. Lots of cool stuff going up on Instagram this weekend, so make sure you stay tuned to that. And make sure you guys are subscribed to the podcast on Apple Podcasts. Leave those five-star ratings and reviews with your picks of the week. Let us know, and uh, we'll read everything on the pod once we get to the the milestone that we need. Herm's going to read them all. That should be an absolute doozy. It'll be the funniest episode. I'm not going to let Kyle edit it either. So you guys just get ready. If you don't have an iPhone, you can check us out on Spotify, Google Play, Anchor, Overcast, iHeartRadio, the TuneIn app, wherever you get your podcasts. And uh, we'll be back for you guys to recap this insane week of lacrosse next week for our final show of 2019 which is absolutely crazy. So uh, stay tuned for that. We'll have a little bit of fun with it too. Potentially do a little bit of uh, best of the decade type stuff. Yeah, I mean, we still have to tell. Mm, mm, should we tell them about episode 100? Nah, we'll wait. No. <laughs> We're going to keep that under wraps. But uh, until next week, enjoy your weekends, guys. And uh, 
as always, show brought to you by our friends at Signature Lacrosse and Design Tree. This has been episode number 96 of the Outside the Box podcast right here on Underground Sports Philadelphia. For Herm, I'm Kyle. We are signing off. Peace.